This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. This is Like a Mother with Katie McGrady, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about motherhood. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the realities, the joys, the struggles, the pains, the moments where we think, I can't do this, and the moments where we rejoice that we are doing it, and everything in between. I'm your host, Katie McGrady. We are so happy you're here. I started listening to podcasts about a decade ago. I had a conference that I was driving to in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I had about, you know, three and a half hours or so, and I needed to listen to something. And I didn't want to listen to music necessarily, and I've never been a huge audiobook kind of gal. So I found a podcast, Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's one of kind of the OG NPR radio programs that became a podcast. And sat down and listened to three people talk about movies, TV shows, music, occasionally a book. There was a bit of a backlog of episodes, so it kept me occupied. You know, I'd never listened to this show before, and they had quite a few of them. And they would always end the shows. At the time, it was a weekly show. And then over COVID, just a few years ago, it became a daily show. They would always end their weekly episodes with uh, what's making you happy this week. And so the three hosts, all very different in their lives and backgrounds and experiences and pop culture analysis, they would each kind of offer, okay, this is something I was reading that made me happier. This is something I saw, or this is a new album that's coming out, or a scene from a movie, or whatever it was. I really appreciated the conversation each week that these hosts of the show would have, occasionally welcoming a fourth person into their conversation, but it kind of got me hooked on this medium of podcasting. And so for years, I would listen, not to a lot of Catholic ones, actually, but just listen to a variety of podcasts. I jumped from Pop Culture Happy Hour into a deep dive of Guy Raz's How I Built This, an incredible interview podcast with founders of everything from Southwest Airlines to Instagram to Chicken Salad Chick. And Guy Raz always had this attitude with his guests. It's an attitude I've tried to adopt with this show. He had this available curiosity. Available curiosity. He has this unique ability. The show still exists to this day. He has this unique ability in the midst of interviewing a guest to ask them the exact right question to get them to tell the exact right story that captures, in this instance, their business, the reason their company has been successful, the reason their product has sold. You know, I think I was so drawn to this podcast, How I Built This, the same way I was drawn to Pop Culture Happy Hour, because the what's making us happy question and the available curiosity, the asking guests to really kind of dig into a particular thing and, and tell the story with as much detail as imaginable, as the listener on the other side, it gave me an awareness, an awareness of, okay, this is what's going on in the heads of the hosts. This is stuff that they like. This is stuff that they maybe think we as an audience will like. Guy's available curiosity, his ability to ask these guests 
exactly the right question that would get them talking and would get them sharing, you know, things that they probably didn't realize were as relevant as they were. This posture of I'm going to share what I'm happy about and what's giving me some sort of joy and happiness in my life. And I'm going to answer a question in such a way that I, I really, I'm really able to dig into the details as mundane as they might seem. They were two qualities from these first two podcasts that I ever spent time listening to that I wanted to bring into any sort of a show that I would ever have the opportunity of creating. You know, I started in podcasting when I began working with the good folks at Ave Maria Press, and that podcast Ave Explores has been wildly successful. It's won awards. It's garnered nearly a half million downloads. We're incredibly proud of what we've created over the soon-to-be 20 seasons over there. And then I started doing radio my daily radio show on Sirius XM, The Katie McGrady Show. Now, radio is not podcasting, but it's still an opportunity to share stories and to talk with friends and to try to bring a small measure of happiness and joy and comfort to people's day. And I love the various projects that I've gotten to work on in between kind of those two pillars of my audio career. And when the good folks at OSV came to me and said, we're going to give you a studio, we're going to give you a producer, and we just want a little bit of your time. What show do you want to create? I thought back to those first two podcasts that I listened to in my earliest days of listening to podcasts and still faithfully listen to now, Pop Culture Happy Hour and How I Built This. And what I loved then and what I love now about those shows is this what's making us happy kind of is the anchor question every week. And this available curiosity, tell me about that. Give me a little more detail. Let me open up that, that chapter and dig around so that we can really kind of understand what went on in your life and in your head and in your heart. I think we've done that over the past dozen episodes of Like a Mother. I've been really happy with what we've created. And I kind of wanted to uh, take a moment, 12 episodes in, and share, I think, a little bit of my perspective on motherhood that hopefully has kind of come through with these various guests that we've welcomed onto the show. And do it kind of through the lens of telling you why I thought this show needed to exist and why we structure it the way we structure it. Why we ask at the end of every episode, what do you want your kids to remember about you? Because I think that's something that every single one of us kind of wrestles with a little bit at night, whether we realize it or not. That I, I wanted to have conversations with moms who vulnerably opened up their hearts and gave us a little snapshot of their inner lives and of their, their, their deep, deep thoughts and processing about this work that we do as mothers day to day. That I hope these conversations have been kind of an embodiment of what I, I loved about those podcasts that I listened to in the earliest days of listening to podcasts and that I still listen to now when I do what I'm often doing when I listen to podcasts, laundry or unloading the groceries or folding clothes and trying to find where they sit in a kid's room. And I, I hope this show has been for the past few episodes a bit of a companion to you in the midst of whatever you're doing when you listen whether it's taking a drive three and a half hours down the interstate or putting away the clean dishes that the dishwasher hopefully washed all the way through the night before. 
Now, it's almost a little meta, a commentary within a commentary. Here's why we wanted to do the show, and here's what we're trying to do, and here's what we're kind of modeling it after. I'm not trying to make myself more important or even make this show more significant than it is. You know, if you just kind of look at, at general podcasting statistics, like what's out there in the podcasting world, there's a show seemingly popping up every day. The average lifespan of a podcast is about a dozen episodes before it just kind of kicks the bucket. People give up on creating shows because they either run out of things to say or they run out of guests to bring on or they run out of some sort of stamina and oomph because, you know, it is quite a bit of work. But that at the end of the day, the shows that last, the shows that matter, the podcasts that stand the test of time, I think are the ones that bring to the forefront of people's minds, of listeners' minds, a, a deeper pondering of the very same topic that the guest and the host are conversing about. Or the hosts, if, you know, there are no guests. In the course of conversation, that, you know, when you hear somebody sharing their experience, you see a bit of your experience reflected. That when you hear somebody tell a story, there's kind of a moment where you think, oh, I, I have a story not all that different. When somebody brings up a point, maybe a practical piece of advice, you think to yourself, oh, that's something I could maybe implement in some way in my own life. And I think with Like a Mother, I've kind of come to realize that in the same way that within the show, I, I want to talk about what brings us hope as moms, what we want our kids to remember about us, our legacy. And I, I want to have a, a, an available curiosity to my guests. I want you to share with me your heart. I want you to tell me those details that you might not think are all that significant, but I think give us kind of this greater this greater understanding of the story that you're trying to tell. I think those same qualities that maybe I want to embody in this show are actually really useful to me as a mom. I wanted to take a second and tell you very quickly about today's sponsor. The National Council of Catholic Women is a 102-year-old national organization with local councils that enable Catholic women like you and me to come together at the grassroots level. The resources of the National Council of Catholic Women provide members the tools they need to support, empower, and educate all Catholic women in spirituality, leadership, and service. You can learn more over at nccw.org. You know, the other day, my five-year-old had a bit of an existential crisis. Rose came home from school, and she was talking about the fact uh, that people die. Now, I don't know what the conversation was in class that day that led her to this existential crisis in the back of the minivan on the way home. But she's piping up from the back seat telling me that we're all going to die someday. And so rather than just kind of gloss over it, oh, let's move on, let's try to ignore the conversation about death, she's clearly curious about this. She clearly wants to say something about this. Let's talk about it. And so I asked her kind of the available curiosity questions that I try to ask in the show with our various guests. Well, can you tell me more about that, Rose? I'm curious why you're so concerned about death when hopefully that's a really long way off for the both of us. Kind of another pause from the back seat. And she said, I don't know, Mom. I think it's a little scary. And I said, okay, well, tell me why. Why do you think it's scary? What do you think about death is scary? And of course, 
it's the same answer that you or I would probably give as full-grown adults. What's scary about death? It's the unknown. It's the finality of it, seemingly. The either I die and I'm worried about what I leave behind or someone I love dies and I'm scared to not have them in my life. It's the loss of some sort of stability. In the course of our eight-minute drive from the pickup line at the school to our front door, we kind of unpacked that together. This brief conversation about death that hopefully kind of put her little existential crisis to rest for just a bit. But to make myself as a mom in that moment, and I'm not perfect, I don't do this all the time by any means, but to try to make myself in that moment availably curious to the conversation that I think I knew she really wanted to have. Available curiosity with our children, in our marriages, with our coworkers, with our friends, in the various walks of our lives. Available curiosity means that I think we are open to the unexpected, not in some sort of like loosey goosey, ah, oh, free for all kind of way, but open to the unexpected moments of grace-filled conversation and connection that ultimately could make a really big difference. Even if, for me, that was a passing five-minute conversation about death, for Rose, for my five-year-old, that could have been a significant moment of connection. Mommy wanted to talk to me about this thing. Maybe consciously she wasn't, like, making note in her head, but felt in some way validated and seen and loved in the course of that conversation. You know, the bigger picture here, too, is if I'm availably curious to a conversation about death, it's probably going to put into my head, okay, what are my kids remembering about me? This question that we ask at the end of every episode. And truly, I mean, I think that's something that I know I've struggled to really contemplate in the grander scheme of things. Now, just the other day, I, I had the thought that I get 18 years before my kids are kind of on their own. Not that they can't always come home. Not that I won't always make ourselves available, both with time and resources and space, but that, you know, by the time they're 18, they're adults and, and they take on kind of a, a focus of life on their own, they, a trajectory of life, the, their own choosing. Sister Josephine Garrett talked about this very beautifully in the episode that we did with her about how we, you know, as moms kind of have to hold lightly our children. And, and so for 18 years, we hold them as close as we possibly can. And then we gradually kind of let them go. We gradually release that hold in some way. And so for these 18 years, these 18 summers, the 18 Christmases before it's some sort of Christmas break uh, with school, these 18, you're in my home and I'm in charge as best as I possibly can be. What is really the defining element of those 18 years? What are the things that my kids are going to really think back on, not just when I'm gone, but even in the midst of their own adult lives? You know, this this thought, I think, has kind of been bouncing around in my head because from time to time, like I'll kind of have like a flashback as a kid when I'm parenting my children because I have a memory of like me being the kid and my mom being the mom. So just, you know, just the other day, I know I keep saying just the other day, but like really just the other day, Rose very stubbornly and, and, and very headstrong, did not want to take a shower. Just did not want to go take a shower. Tommy had already started the water. I'd already laid out her pajamas on her bed. 
and she's become very independent. She wants to shower on her own, and we're perfectly fine with that. She's perfectly capable of it. But for whatever reason, she was just fighting us on going and taking the shower when we told her to go do it. And I realized in that little headstrong stubbornness, what we've done is you know, we've given her some freedom, but we've still put limits upon it. We've still put a boundary upon it. We're still the one that tells her when she can exercise that independence and freedom. And she was just feeling a little boxed in. And I, I had this flashback to a moment as a child sitting in my mom's CPA office. And my mom would pick us up from school every afternoon and we'd go sit either in the conference room or in the, the edge of her office. And she had this little TV and we'd put our headphones into the TV and we'd watch like Zoom. Remember the Zoom show? Oh, two, one, three, four. Millennials everywhere. Remember Zoom. It was like this craft activity show. So long story short, I'm watching this craft activity show. I'm like a first or second grader. So not all that older from Rose. And my mom has given me permission to watch the show. She's given me the place to watch the show. She's even told me from time to time I can try to do one of the craft activities on the show. And so they start doing like this, you know, you have to cut and glue and, and paste and do all this different stuff activity. And so I get up and start rummaging through the office supplies cabinet to try to find some of these supplies. And my mom comes over to me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I want to I want to do the craft that they're doing on the show. And she was like, no, 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 not today. Let's not make a big mess. We're not going to be here all that much longer. And so I was feeling boxed in. Oh, you've given me this freedom, but you've put this boundary upon it. And I'm watching my child in front of me, having been given this freedom, go take the shower, but being told when to go do it and feeling very boxed in. And I, I thought to myself, I remember being the kid who wanted to do it my way and my mom responding to that in a particular way. And so kind of having this put myself back into the scene, standing in her office in front of, in front of the cabinet right next to the computer room, in between uh, her office and her business partner's office in the hallway that leads to the bathroom, putting myself right back into that moment and being told no. And trying to remember, one, what it felt like to be told no, but two, try to remember the look on my mom's face when she told me no. Was there anger? Was there frustration? Was there bossiness? And what I saw in my head, what I remembered very clearly while kind of bringing myself back to this moment was a tenderness, a tender no, a not right now, buddy, right? Like just not right now because and explaining to me why it was a bad idea. It wasn't a barking at me to tell me to stop. It wasn't a how dare you make a mess because, you know, there was a bit of a mess because I was tossing things around looking for scissors and tape and, and paste in a CPA's office. There was a tender no with an explanation. And so as I'm having this very quick memory of my mom's tender no and feeling like, well, why can't I do what I want to do? I find myself back in this moment with Rose, who's frustrated because we've told her to go do something. And I realize she's not just frustrated because we gave her an instruction. She's frustrated because she feels like she's being told to do something when she was in the midst of doing something else. She had a plan and that plan was disrupted. The same way I'd had this plan and my plan had been disrupted. And the reason I was willing to do what I was told, the reason I was listening to my mom when I was told you can't go do this art project and make this big old mess was because my mom approached me with this tender no and this explanation, this very gentle approach to making sure that I, I stayed within the boundaries that she'd set. And so I find myself kind of squatting down and looking Rose in the eye and telling her, and I'm not the best at gentle parenting, but I'm kind of brought back to the moment when my mom had done it with me. So now I feel empowered to do it with my daughter. And I, I look at her and I said, buddy, 
I know you don't want to go take a shower right now. You didn't want to stop what you were doing. But here's what we can do. If you go take the shower right now, when you're done and you put your pajamas on, you can finish up the thing that you were working on. And instantly her demeanor changed. She was no longer kind of defensive. I've been told what to do. She understood the reason we'd given her this instruction and tenderly explained what could happen next within the boundaries that we had set. And I think I had that flashback to my mom, probably because I've been interviewing all these people on the show, asking folks, what do you remember? What do you want your kids to remember about you? In some ways, you know, that makes us remember things about our mothers and what they did well or not well. When they held it together and when it looked like they were completely falling apart. And hopefully we've arrived on the other end, no worse for wear, able to take what we've learned and, and love our children in hopefully a lot of the same ways or in, in improved ways if maybe there was some lack or some struggle. You know, this available curiosity, conversations with our kids, making sure that we are, are present to them in the moment and tease out of them what we know is there to be shared. It's a good principle for podcasting, but it's an even better principle for motherhood. Something that fortunately in my professional life, I work on and I do every single day. And so it allows me in a lot of real ways to, to be able to do that with my children. And then this greater idea of what do I want them to remember about me? Really sparking this deeper awareness of, well, what do I remember about my mom? And how she loved me so well, loves me so well, present tense. And how that can guide me in the loving of my own children. You know, here we are, we've hit about 12 episodes or so, 12 conversations. And, you know, I've loved the conversations we've had so far. Setting, you know, sitting down with Sister Mary Grace Langrell of the Sisters of Life and talking about the mother's heart as a refuge. Our first episode ever launching into the show, talking to a nun. Man, does she do a great job sharing with us the heart of the mother. Sitting down with my friend Rachel Bullman and how moms really set the stage for eternity, and then digging into the mind of my good friend, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, about you know what sacrifices and gifts mothers make and how there's definitely a direct line between this is my body given up for you from the mass and in the life of the mom. Talking about expectations with Elizabeth Foss and then digging into practical realities with Emily Stimson Chapman. Sitting down with Sarah Koo and what it looks like to feel seen as a mother, especially in various representation matters within our church, laughing about and crying about natural family planning and sometimes the suffering involved with family discernment size, and then kind of digging into more about how we make daily decisions and big discernments with Elizabeth Nava, how sometimes our discernment can end up leading to grief that we never would have chosen, sitting down with Laura Fanucci, an incredibly talented writer, a mother who has buried children, digging into the brilliant mind of Sister Josephine Garrett about what it means to hold lightly, to hold our children, not grasp, but hold lightly our children, and then dig into the mind of Haley Stewart about mothering with unique children and, and hearing the story of Eileen Perez about what it's like to be a single mom, especially when single motherhood is sometimes very stigmatized within the church. You know, these conversations about motherhood varied and different and each mom approaching life so differently. It's been true, truly, truly a great joy to get to have these conversations. And, and we're going to continue having them. 
We've got so many amazing guests coming in the next phase of this podcast, including some guests that we'll kind of talk to. We'll have a, a little mini series within the show, a few episodes on on mental health, a handful of episodes about adoption, a handful of episodes talking about the balance of work and family life and, and conversations about education and schooling and all the different ways that we can approach this. Because ultimately what I want this show to be, really, quite frankly, is I want this show to make you feel the very same way the first few podcasts that I ever listened to made me feel. When I first listened to Pop Culture Happy Hour, I felt like I was hanging out with a few friends talking about TV and movies and books. When I first started listening to How I Built This with Guy Raz, I felt like I was listening to a masterclass of people whose creativity had just done so much good and I wanted to learn from them. And that's really what I want this show to be. A place where you feel like you're talking to friends and a conversation where you feel like you can learn something really valuable. And maybe even those principles of figuring out, you know, what it is that makes you happy, figuring it out that this is what I want my children to remember about me, and then embodying that available curiosity we're called to have with our kids, that hopefully all of that kind of melds together in your brain in a really fruitful way. I'm super excited that you're with us on this journey. We're super glad that you've hopefully stuck with us for the 12 episodes we've had thus far and the many, many more to come. I'm so glad that we get to walk on this journey of motherhood together. And we're super excited that you're part of our Like a Mother family. You know, if I can make one very simple appeal, we love this show and we love creating it for you. And if you love it, we'd be really grateful if you shared about it. Maybe send a link to a friend, post about it on your social media, give it a rating and review on podcast apps like Apple or Google Play or Spotify. Heck, you can even just like link it on your Facebook page. Hey, I enjoyed this conversation. And then tell people why. We want the podcast to grow. We're super proud of it. We're very grateful for the listeners we have, and we know there are more moms out there who could benefit from these conversations. So I'd be very grateful if you'd share it with folks. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a conversation with Erica Ty Campbell, the founder of Be A Heart Design. And then we've just got a whole cast of folks stopping on by the show for the next few months. You're really not going to want to miss any of it. So please subscribe, follow wherever you get your shows, tag it, likeamother.osbpodcast.com. Put it in your bookmarks. We'd be grateful if you continue listening. Thanks so much. We hope your Lent is very fruitful at this precise moment. We're praying for you. And we'll be back soon with a whole lot more of Like a Mother from OSB Podcasts. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.